Hello, gorgeous ladies. We are back with another fabulous guest interview. I love bringing guests onto the show. They just offer such a unique perspective on so many of the things that we're diving into here. And today I have a special guest, Miss Lindsay Robinson. And Lindsay was part of the podcast swap that I did. And so she is here today and she's the first type of this guest that I have ever had on the podcast. So I'm super excited to chat with her. She's actually a certified hypnotherapist. She's also an intuitive guide who helps ambitious women all over the world to unlearn their subconscious limiting beliefs and embody their highest potential so they can manifest the life of their dreams on autopilot. And this is such a great fit because we talk so much about the subconscious mind here and how our minds create our reality and limiting beliefs and how to work through limiting beliefs. So this is just another fantastic avenue that you can go down to really help you unlearn those subconscious limiting beliefs. And Lindsay is going to share all about it with us today. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. I'm Lauren Francois, human design, mindset, and money expert. I'm a mom of two, entrepreneur for the past nine years, and six-figure earner. I help you, successful, ambitious women, create more success and wealth with more ease by using my unique approach to get you to think and operate in a way that's in full alignment with who you truly are and what you deeply desire. If you're ready to dig into, understand, and remove the blocks that have been holding you back from catapulting yourself forward, you're in the right place. Let's dig into today's episode. Lindsay, welcome to the show. I am so stoked to be here. I love talking to you anytime. So this is going to be really fun. And I know that whatever we talk about is going to be exactly what people need to hear because that tends to be how it works out, especially on podcasts like this. So I'm excited. Yes. And Lindsay is a fellow mom. She is a mom of three. So she knows the mompreneur lifestyle all too well that so many of you experience as well. Lindsay, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself and how you came to discover hypnotherapy? Okay. So this is actually, I love this story so much. So I have practiced, people ask you this all the time. Anytime you do an interview, really, as you start a business, you have to know what got you started in this. And I've never really knew what to say, but your story is just, once you realize it, you're like, oh my gosh, yes, duh, this is a good story. I always like to start by saying I was super weird, which is true. I've never lost it and I love it now, but I was always like the weird kid. I would hang out in cemeteries, <laughs> put my hand on this on the tombstone and try to figure out like how people died. I've My parents were never together growing up for me, but anytime I was with my dad or my mom, like I always knew about them that they themselves impressed upon me that they were intuitive. They were back then the word was psych. Like I'm psychic. Yeah. I have like psychic abilities, whatever. And I never really believed it was so silly, but I always found myself like trying things that are weird. Like I loved my Ouija board. Like I would always try to talk to the ghosts and jumping forward to hypnotherapy. I grew up in a religious household. My mom was very religious. She still is, but I never really got it. I was never really, I never really grabbed on to a lot of I think what kind of repelled me was like 
what the shame that a lot of people carry just from birth of I'm not good enough somehow. And it never really made sense to me. My sister gave me this book called Journey of Souls, which I don't have a copy in here, but I usually do. Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. And he basically was this hypnotherapist who took people through their... You have to get on board with reincarnation. I don't know about your audience, but if you can open your mind to the idea that maybe our soul isn't just here for the one time, we have lessons to learn, then... Yeah, he basically takes his clients through the life selection, who you're going to be around in this life and what lessons are going to serve you the best. And this was just like a something I'd never even, my dad was always into reincarnation. He always talked about it, but I'd never thought it was like a thing that people could access or look into more. And I was like, who, what is a hypnotherapist? What is happening? And I was like 19 at the time. I was just out of college trying to figure out like life, which is why I brought up religion. Because you go through this like spiritual at least I did go through this, like, what is life? What are we doing here? What is going on? And how can I like slow down? Uh, so when she gave me this book, I was like, what is this? And I just, something happened in my body and my mind and my soul and my spirit. And it just lit me up. And I was like, this is cool. I like this. This is amazing. Fast forward to, I don't know, I think it was like eight years, seven years, something like that. I had moved to LA got a job because you can't not have a job in LA. And I forgot completely about everything that I thought I wanted to do. I was going to come to California and I was going to go to the Michael Noon Institute for hypnotherapy and completely forgot about that. And I ended up getting a job at Starbucks, which was great. I love being a barista. It was like my favorite job in the world and paid the bills. And then I met my husband. We started dating. I got pregnant. We got married. I had another baby. Actually, no, I'm going too fast. Once I had my first son, I was like, what do I want to do with my life? What do I, what do I want to do with my life? I don't want to go back to retail. By then I was working at a GameStop as a manager and I just did not want to do that. Now that I have a kid, I want to do something that I want to do. And I want to be home with him and I don't want to just drop him at a daycare. So what can I do? because I like it. And I asked myself that before. I don't know who really does. I hope you do. But for me, it was like not even a thing. You just pay the bills and you make it work. So when I asked myself that, immediately in my head, oh, hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy. Yeah, duh, of course. It was like a tiny little light that relit up. It was like a little fire. And then my brain said, now, come on, get real. What do you mean? That's for other people to do. I distinctly remember the sentence. That is for other people. You need to do the responsible thing. And I, yeah, my energy dimmed a little bit. And I went back into, yeah, you're right. Whatever. I got to be rational. And I was like, wait a second. Anyone who's ever done anything, anyone who's ever been a hypnotherapist probably had to answer this question for themselves and had to get over this. So like, why can't I do, why can't I do that? Like, why can't that other people thing be me? So I made a call to this first thing that popped up on Google was hypnotherapy. And it ended up being down the street from where I would have gone back to work after maternity leave. So that was super interesting. And I went for a tour. And then the rest, as they say, is history. I started studying. And a year later, I graduated with honors. And I've been just getting more excited every single day about it. And I yeah, I love it. I just love it so much. And I basically just help people do what I would have loved someone to help me do, which is reconnect to my power, reconnect to my spirituality and figure out what is true for me, not society, not what my parents said, not what my 
you know, friend group or my community says, what is true for me and how can I make that happen? And you really get to make your own rules, which is incredible. And I wish I would have known that a long time ago. Anyway, so long story short, that is how I got to be here. Oh my gosh. I love this. When did you live in LA? So I moved when I was, so I got the book at 19, moved to LA at 20. And then by the time I came back to hypnotherapy, it was like, this was in 2006 when I was 20. Okay. <laughs> Don't, nobody do any math right now, but, <laughs> but I ended up going back to it in 2012. So it was about six years, seven years, six years later that I really got back into it. I think we're the same age. And I lived in LA during that same time. Stop. What? (laughs) I was there from 2006 to 2017. Well, I was not there that long. I was there from 2008 to 2000 through September of 2011. What? Yeah. (laughs) What'd you go for? I went to college in Wisconsin and after college, I had always wanted to move to LA. I yep, yep. Grew up in I grew up in Wisconsin. I was sick of the cold. I walked to school in the cold for five years and I was like, just go somewhere where it's warm. We and are the so, same. Yeah. I grew, so up I, in, like, I grew up in Michigan. This is you don't know this. I grew up in Michigan and I was like, I was either gonna move to LA or New York because I figured if I could live in one of those places, I can live literally anywhere, right? You can make it work anywhere if you can live there. And the only thing that tipped it was that I was sick of the snow. I was like, I don't want to deal with snow anymore. Let's go to LA. This is hilarious. So awesome, you guys. So we did not know this about each other. But yeah, so I was there for three years. I worked in Century City. I lived right near Beverly Hills for a year and a half. And I lived in Santa Monica for a year and a half. And I loved it. It was so fun. It was like the perfect time to be there. And then I got sick of corporate America. I was like, this is definitely not for me. And I missed my family. And I was like, you know what? I did the LA thing. I got it out of my system. I realized this is not where I want to end up. And so I ended up moving back, but that is so crazy. Wait a minute. So where are you from originally? I'm from Wisconsin originally. Oh, you're from Wisconsin. You went to school. Okay. And I went to school. So yeah, I, Literally the same. And people don't know this. You guys are going to get the inside scoop right now. But me and my husband are in very serious talks about like, when are we moving to Michigan? He's from California. I met him there. And then but we both know that California is really not the answer. It's just not. And here, it's just so hot. You guys don't unless you live in the Southwest, like in Vegas or in Arizona, like you, I melt, I can't handle it. I just (laughs) literally cannot do another summer here. So we've been talking about when if we move back to Michigan and I never would have said that before. This is very brand new. It's I've healed a lot of my relationship with the people, the reasons I left. I've been able to do a lot of work around that and heal some of that for the first time ever. We're like, would we like to go back to Michigan? My husband, once he picked his jaw up off the floor, <laughs> decided that, yeah, he would be, he'd be fine to live there. And so we're thinking about moving back. So that is very funny. You are the, you're the continuation of my story, I think. Yes, I love this. And I moved back because I actually missed the seasons. Exactly. (laughs) I I have kids now. I want them to know what what it's like to be in fall and winter. I think they would love it. Oh my gosh. It's so funny because yeah, I missed the seasons. And now I was blessed with a child whose favorite season is winter. My son, if you ask him, anyone who asks him, 
what his favorite season is, it is winter. Mm-hmm. He's like the only one who says winter. I'm like, you were made to live here. <laughs> you were made so to live cute. here. Wow. It's good to know. That is good to know that because I hated it as a kid. I was not as a kid, as a teenager and a young adult, I hated it. But I think now I can go back and appreciate it because I don't have to be outside now. Before I had to go outside and go to school. Now I can just stay in my house next to the fire. It's fine. <laughs> Very I don't cozy. have to do anything I don't want because I'm a grown up. <laughs> okay, a lot so we, dig- yeah. we digressed a little, you guys. We We're went off on back. a little tangent. But I think you brought up a couple really interesting points. And that is with generations before us, if we think about like our parents' generation and before that, it really was, I don't think it really was about working in something that you were passionate about. It wasn't finding work that you loved. It was like work is work and like you work to pay the bills. And so those were beliefs that were passed down to our generation. And now so much has changed for our generation with the invention of computers and the internet and everything that's been invented since we were born. And it's really changed the way that work looks and it's changed the way people approach work. And so it doesn't surprise me that you never asked yourself that question of what do I really want to do? But that's a question that I know you probably encourage people to ask themselves now. I always encourage people to ask themselves that now we've talked about human design. It's very important within human design that you're doing something that you're really passionate about, especially for certain types. And I love that you eventually got back around to that point of what do I really want to do? And then I think it's so interesting that you were like, that is for other people because that's a limiting belief right there, right? We always think, oh, they can do that. Oh, that's for them. They can do that. But I can't. Why not? Like, why, why can't I do that? Yep. Yep. The two most vivid memories I have of that inner dialogue was, nope, that's for other people. And then the whisper of, but why can't I do that? Like, why? And I, once I asked that question, I think that's the most important thing is once you start asking yourself the right questions, (laughs) you either answer them or you realize that it's silly. It's a silly question. Of course you can. And I completely credit my son for coming into this earth and pushing me to do it. I don't think I ever, I don't know. You can't really say whether or not I ever would have, but I don't know that I would have if he didn't, if there wasn't something so important in my life to make me want to make my own hours. And that's not to say that everybody has this. I completely understand that some people have to go through daycare. I was very lucky in in that. I knew that there was a way to make what I wanted happen. I just had to figure out what that way was. And I think that's, that is definitely something that we all have in common is there's always a way to make what you want happen. You just have to figure out what it is. And hypnotherapy helps you do that. <laughs> a lot of okay. times it's, it's going deeper. So let's dive into hypnotherapy. Yeah. Can you explain what hypnotherapy is and how it works? I love talking about this. This actually may involve a little bit of visualization, guys. Now, I know some people, there's this huge fad of, I can't see pictures, I have aphantasia, but everybody can get a uh, an idea of what I'm talking about. I've never been able to, I've never had anybody say they could not go along with this. But if you just imagine or picture or pretend somehow, some way that your mind is a circle. We all know what a circle looks like. We know that the brain is not a circle. This is different. We're talking about the mind, the abstract metaphysical part of what makes us who we are. So just picture a circle. When we're all born, we all have 
blank slates. There's the circle is empty. <laughs> the only thing that you are born with is the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Those are two things that every baby is born with reflexes. And I guess you'd call that lizard brain fight or flight. That's also in there, but everything else is not, there's nothing else installed. As you go through life, you pick up what we call knowns, K-N-O-W-N-S, knowns that are basically truths about you, things that are true about you. As a kid, you might decide that I love chocolate. That is a known about you. You might also decide I don't like getting in trouble. That's a known. So these positive and negative associations with certain things create you. And as you go through life about a, I would say seven to nine, you get what's called a critical filter or a critical mind, which then separates the subconscious from the conscious. Everything that you've learned about yourself up until then gets stored in the subconscious. And also your emotions are stored in there too. And the automatic processes and behaviors and things that make you who you are and your what, what am I trying to say? Your the breathing. Okay. <laughs> Those things you don't have to think about. Okay. Your heart beating. Uh, your heart beating, <laughs> your breathing, your nervous system. Yes. All of that stuff is anything you don't have to think about that's just true is in your subconscious. Everything that you do have to think about, like your willpower, your decision-making skills, your rational thinking, your analytical skills, your logic, your reasoning, all of that is in your conscious. All of that takes up about every study, gets, the number gets smaller, but it's about 5 to 10% of your mind. Everything else is basically an iceberg. Everything else underneath the surface, underneath the, the conscious mind is your subconscious, makes you who you are. So you have when you have an idea or a thought or or a desire it starts in the conscious mind it starts in that 5 to 10% it checks in then with the critical filter or the critical mind that separator i call it the bouncer at the club right just go with it it'll make sense it checks in with the bouncer and if there's anything in that subconscious that goes against it you talk about money a lot on this show so we'll, we'll use money i want to make $100,000 next year if you've never done that before or if you have tried to do that and failed, both of those things are equally dangerous to the subconscious, something you've never experienced or something that you have experienced but have a bad association with. And that can be anything. Money's the root of all evil. You have to work yourself to death in order to get any money. Those are common ones, right? And if so, if you have that in the subconscious, it's gonna kick it back out. It's gonna kick your idea out because it goes against what to be true. Whether you want to know it or not is another matter. That's where we bring in <laughs> hypnotherapy so you can decide what your brain knows to be true. But if the software that's installed in there goes against your belief, or I'm sorry, your desire, it's going to feel ridiculously hard. It's going to feel like going against the grain. It's going to feel like getting really excited at first and doing all the things and then hitting a roadblock and feeling completely defeated and having to start over again. It's going to feel hard. So that's when we identify what's going on and we work on it. And with hypnotherapy, what I'm able to do is take your beautiful, brilliant, sparkly idea, desire, piggyback it with hypnotherapy, which basically acts as a, it creates a, a pathway through the critical filter. So we basically tip the bouncer a hundred dollars to get in to the subconscious. And then we start to teach the subconscious what is safe to believe. Right now, your subconscious may believe that it is not safe for you to have $100,000 because of all these things that don't make sense. But they don't have to make sense. They're just true to your subconscious because of what it's learned through your life. So once we can teach your subconscious that it's safe for you to have what you want, it becomes automatic. That's why I say achieve your dreams on autopilot because everything you have 
right now, this is a blanket statement. I'm going to go with it though. Everything you have right now has been approved by your subconscious mind. Everything in your life right now that you have, everything you're experiencing has been approved. So what would you like to be approved? And let's go do that. That's when it happens is if you're, the only way it's going to happen is if your subconscious is on board with your conscious desire. And that's basically what I help people do. Did I answer the question? Did you follow along? Did it make sense? Yes, it was so good. That was so good. So there are a couple of things I want everyone listening to really latch on to. So Lindsay talked about how basically from the moment you're born until you said between seven and eight or seven and nine. Seven to nine is a good, yeah. You're basically like a walking subconscious mind. Like you are just soaking in everything. And I am like super aware of this with my children because both of my children are under seven years old. My son is getting close and I'm like, oh my God, I have to like, I'm very cognizant of like the things that I say and like can how I, I can say I just, them. Can I just interrupt and say, do you find, because I feel like I sometimes, do you find that knowing about this stuff almost makes you, <laughs> not bad, but it it creates the opposite effect where I'm, I feel like I'm sometimes too aware so that I might be messing them up in a different way now because I'm <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm like convinced that I'm like always ruining my child. Uh, (laughs) It's like like such a double-edged sword. That's going to stick in his subconscious mind forever. Like great job, Lauren. And I do this with my husband. My husband will say something. I'm like, you have no idea what you've done. (laughs) Like so dramatic about it. I think there's, there must be a medium. And I hope that I am more in the happy medium versus the extreme most of the time. But I know, man, sometimes knowing this stuff just makes you feel like you can't ever, you can't ever win because you're either too conscious of it or you're not at all. So yeah, it just, you guys, we're just doing the best we can, all of us. (laughs) Nobody's perfect. Like you can't be a perfect parent there. No one's going to walk out of the zero to seven or zero to nine age range without some sort of limiting beliefs. Like you can look at that from like a scientific level. You can look at it from a spiritual level on a spiritual level. I personally believe that we're all sent here with lessons we're meant to learn. And those are the lessons we're meant to learn. There's nothing that can be done. I've had this conversation with other spiritual coaches and they're like, you could be the most perfect parent ever. And your child is still going to have lessons that they are meant to learn in this lifetime. And there's not much you can do about that. Like you can do all the things and they're still going to experience their own form of struggle in some way or another. So Go ahead. I have a, I have a, a mini story. So one of one of my kids has some has something going on, and I was talking to one of my friends who's a, she's like a medium psychic, and I was just like, I just I don't I want to do everything right, and I don't know how to navigate, help him through this, and navigate him. She goes, You can do the best you can. Look at all the resources, see what you can find out. But remember, I would never deny someone their own journey. And I was like, Oh God, it just hit so deep. As a parent, it's so true. They do have their own journey and it's nothing like too crazy. He just has, he's got like ticks sometimes like nervous ticks. We want to help him out in the best way that we can. And he's okay talking about it and sharing about it, but it, it does stress him out sometimes. Of course it does. And I just want to do everything right. She's just, I'd never deny someone their own journey. And I'm like, crap, you're right. (laughs) And it's so true. And it really helps sometimes to hear that you don't have to get it completely right. 
you just have to do the best you can for yourself and for those you love. And that's really all we're asked to do and all we can be expected to do. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So we're basically like, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Catherine Zinkina, but I took her Manifestation yep. Baby Academy program and she talks a lot about the subconscious mind and rules of the subconscious mind. And she's, we're basically all triggered seven-year-olds walking around in an adult world, like trying to make sense yeah. of things. And so when you think about the subconscious mind, yeah, a lot of this stuff that you're dealing with does come from your childhood. It comes from when you were young. It comes from the things that your parents were constantly saying. It comes from the experiences that you had. And then it gets buried deep down in there where you are unaware of it. (laughs) Yeah, it gets. Yep. I had a very close friend say to me, it's a very good metaphor. I love it. Just imagine that your subconscious is walking behind you. She says ego, but I'm going to say subconscious. Imagine your subconscious walking behind you with a clipboard and everything that you believe and everything that you say and every everything that you validate through words or thoughts, it's just like, yep, taking notes behind you, got it, jotting it down. You're in charge of what it writes down. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that growing up. And a lot of us really don't ever think about the fact that, yeah, you're in charge of that. Mm-hmm. You have a choice, right? You, you have said a choice. You create the rules you create, you always have a choice in the things that you allow in and the things that you don't. And I think that most people don't understand that, right? Like we believe that just things are what they are. Most people don't question anything that they believe. And I think that's such a good point that you made that we do have that choice. You do have a choice and we can't always Oh God, this is getting into mucky territory (laughs) because what I want to say is you have control. Things are going to happen, right? Things are going to happen. We have lessons to learn. We have experiences that we are going to go through. And I said to my son the other day, I'd like to think that after every, even the crappiest situation that happens to me, I've earned, I have earned with my (laughs) blood, sweat, and tears, the ability to grab and to dig out any bit of value from that experience. I have earned it right? I'm not just going to throw out the whole experience. I will never just throw out the whole experience as, oh, that happened to me. That sucked. Sure. It sucked, but I have earned, right? (laughs) I worked hard for every bit of value I can take from that experience. And I will, I will do it. Sometimes I'm too mad to do it in the moment, but once I calm down, oh yeah, I will be digging through the crap to find every bit of value in that experience. And I think that's, we've earned, that's our, we get to do that, right? We get to do that. And You have a say, you have control. You don't always have control over the things that have happened to you, your experiences, they are what they are. Learn from them, gain from them if you can, if you want to and move forward. But now that you know this, here's the thing. I say anything that happened yesterday, please do not feel guilt, shame, blame yourself about any of that because you didn't know, right? We don't know. But now that you do know, oh, here we go. Now you have things to think about things to implement. Now you have ways of thinking that maybe aren't working for you and beliefs and thought patterns and generational stuff. Don't even get me started on the ancestral trauma because that's a whole thing. We could do a whole episode, but what we can control is now and today and tomorrow. And so if something happens, you can decide, what do I want my subconscious to know about this? (laughs) What If I could choose, which you can, but if I could choose, what would I want my subconscious to learn? about this. Oh God, it's so freeing to do that. 
And I'm not saying to be perfect. You're not going to do this every time. You're not going to want to do this every time. But when you do and when you can, oh my gosh, it helps. And with hypnotherapy, that's really all we're doing. What do I want my subconscious to know? Because once it knows it, it will appear. That's the magic of your subconscious. It is a goal machine. You are 100% successful at being exactly who you are because your subconscious said, okay. So what do we want our subconscious to know? What do we want it to believe? And it will show up. It's so cool. Oh my gosh. I love this. Okay. So what if someone is sitting there and they're thinking, but how do I know what's in my subconscious? Like how can I figure out what's there? You mean with a hypnotherapist or without? Just <laughs> like, like just, in general, like, just in general. like before they even go to see a hypnotherapist. Okay. You're saying oh, yeah. that I have all these things in my subconscious mind. Like how do I know what's in there? Yeah, that is, that's a great question. And I have a really good way to find out. So if you, the best way to find out is to have a goal. We all have a goal, right? Have a goal that you've been trying to achieve or just something that maybe you want for your life. Write it down. Feel it. How do I feel about this goal? Does it feel really hard? Does it feel impossible? Does it feel uncomfortable? Does it feel exciting? Write down all the feelings that you feel, but for the maybe not so great ones like fear around the goal, you're going to really have to tap into like how you're feeling. A lot of us don't do this. So it's going to take a little bit of anything that's worthwhile is going to take a little bit of bravery to go into like, how do I actually feel and let it be okay without judging yourself? Because you're going to feel afraid, especially if you've never done it before. It's your subconscious is reacting. Do I feel afraid? Okay. What do I feel afraid about? It's really just about asking yourself the right questions. If I don't do this goal, if I don't achieve this goal, what does that mean about me? And just tap in, pay attention to what's coming up for you and write it down. You will learn so much. <laughs> your, so subconscious, much your subconscious mind loves to answer questions. That's why yes. they say it's really important to ask good questions because your subconscious yep. mind will always answer the questions that you ask. Yep. So it will always be the questions to get good mm -hmm. answers. Yep. How do I feel about this goal? The good and the bad. And for the bad things, we like to label things good and bad, but for the uncomfortable feelings, what is that? Is it fear? Is it guilt? Is it worthiness? Do I feel worthy of this goal? And if I don't, why might, here's a really good question. Why might it be bad if I achieve this goal? Why might it be bad? Why might I not want to achieve this goal? That's a really good question. I have a really good example. So when I started expanding my business and really wanted to take it to the next level, I found myself resistant. And I'm like, what? This Oh, this is amazing. Why would I ever want to not do this? But by asking that, I came up with so many good answers. If I make more money, if I have more clients, there will be more expected of me. What if I can't deliver? What if everyone's expectations of me fall flat? What if I never have time for my kids? The whole reason I started this was so that I'd have more time. What if I don't have any time? And I realized, huh, oh, I'm in charge of all of that. <laughs> so it was once I knew, it's sometimes sheds a light on what you can do about it. That's not a real thing. I can make any schedule I want. This is my world. This is my show. So I can do whatever I want. But you need to be able to know what it is in order to be able to dispel it. I would say just ask yourself the right question. If you don't know what the right questions are, just start. What do I feel? Why might I feel this way? What would happen if I don't achieve this goal? What would be scary about achieving this goal? And you'll get some really good answers. So this is so funny slash 
Perfect. Good timing. <laughs> because I was talking, I did a, so Lindsay has a podcast called the High Vibe in It Podcast with Kelsey, who was just on the show. And Kelsey and I were talking about this. And I said that one of the fears that I have had to work through with creating more success is more success equals more responsibility. Yeah. And more responsibility to me in my brain, more responsibility equals less freedom and less time and presence with my kids. So this has been a really big one for us moms who yep. want to grow our businesses even further. We are the same. <laughs> because if it's coming up for both of us, I know it's got to be coming up for some of you guys. So these yeah. are the things that it, it wouldn't be directly apparent to you, right? Like Kelsey said, or Lindsay said, you ask yourself, why wouldn't I want this? It's like, why wouldn't I want that? That would be yeah. great. And then once you start digging in, you start uncovering some of these deeper beliefs that you have where you're like, wow, that's interesting. Yep. Yeah. I never would have guessed that unless I had taken the time to really ask those questions. Yeah, there's always a way. Your subconscious is constantly communicating with you. And by the way, I want to take this moment just to say your subconscious is never out to get you. Your subconscious never hates your goal. It's just afraid and it's trying to protect you. Your The one job of your subconscious mind is to keep you alive. And I always say alive, emphasis on that word. Breathing, one foot in front of the other, alive, surviving, not necessarily happy or fulfilled or have all your boxes ticked on your checklist for life. That's extra, but you get to have that too. It just, that's not the default program. The default program is keeping you alive. And so anything outside of that, again, it doesn't always make sense because it's not going to kill you, right? If you get a hundred thousand dollars, but your subconscious does not know that. It only knows the feeling that you have when you think about that. Mm -hmm. And if the feeling is fear, Oh, fear is bad. Let's not do that. Right. So like, danger, big warning signs. So that's why I put the emphasis on teaching your subconscious that it is safe. You are safe to do this. And here's why. And then once it's warm and fuzzy with your goal, it's already happening. Like it, you're constantly churning out goals. Even as you listen to this episode, you are achieving goals. It is always happening. So we just need to, we need to set the program right so that it can, you can teach it what to manifest. One other way that you can figure out what is in your subconscious mind is just by looking at what your reality looks like right now. Like yeah. your reality is a reflection of your mind. Like your mind creates your reality and 95% of your mind is your subconscious mind. So if you want to know what's deep in that subconscious mind, look at what does my reality look like right now? And this takes, I always say this type of work takes such radical self-responsibility. Oh, like you yeah. have to be able, you cannot be a victim and do this work. You have to have that radical responsibility for yourself because to me, it's actually very empowering because it feels like, oh, yeah. okay, I'm actually in control versus feeling like I have no control. When I take radical self-responsibility, I say, I have control over what happens? I have control over what I create. And yeah, no, we don't have control over every situation, but we always have control about how we react to every situation. Yep. And for me, radical self-responsibility feels very liberating because it's okay. I have control over this. If I don't like what's showing up in my reality, 
I get to do something about it. Again, no punishment, no beating myself up for creating whatever is in front of me because I didn't know before. But now that I know, what am I going to do with it? (laughs) That's why I say yesterday, don't worry about literally let yourself off the hook today and tomorrow. (laughs) It is you you got it. Now you have the knowledge. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to let everything be exactly the same and feel how you've always felt. And, you know, I always tell, ask my clients, like, if nothing changed in a year, everything was exactly the same, nothing changed, what would your life look like? And they just, what about in five years, if nothing changed, it just seems to there, nothing changes, except their mindset gets worse and worse. But what if you could, what if you could, what if everything changed? And literally, the only key is knowing that you have stake in the game. You have an option. You have a choice. And I'm very excited about this because this is something that I wish I would have known. But at the same time, I learned just in time. You know what I mean? Like You, can't, you might say, oh, I wish I knew this before. But I'm it's very aware true. that my, my path was very intentional. And I was meant to learn it when I learned it. And so are you. you're meant to learn it when you're ready. And uh, some of you are being just activated right now. I can feel it. And I love it so much. Okay, so we've talked all about how the subconscious mind works. How do we shift our money mindset? (laughs) How do you shift your money mindset? For me, when you were on the show, we talked a lot about being involved in the manifestation, right? Everything is a manifestation. So in terms of money mindset, I like to be, if I find myself a little bit not on the track of where I want to be, I do the work. I get myself feeling better first, which means for me, I don't know. Do you guys, are you witchy? Are you witchy on this podcast a little bit? We can do a little bit of woo stuff here. I think manifesting is witchy, are you? <laughs> I don't know. Man- manifesting is a blanket thing, but I don't know. I like to do like manifestation practices. I love doing manifestation practices by the moon, I all kinds of stuff. Whatever feels good for you. Whatever, like, whatever feels good and exciting and resonates is perfect. Yeah. And the most important thing, again, is just, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way about money? What is going on? What's my relationship to money? One of my favorite things to do with clients is a money relationship hypnosis where I take, obviously take them into, to a trance-like state, which is just like meditation. If you've ever done a guided meditation where someone's taking you through with an objective or a goal, guess what? You've been doing hypnosis the whole time. Yes. Let's really, let's Take the stigma away from hypnosis. If you do this, Lindsay's not going to no. make you do I, wacky I, things. If we have time, we'll touch on a couple myths and urban legends about hypnosis. But really all it is, the only difference between meditation and hypnosis is that hypnosis has a goal. Hypnosis has an objective. We are doing hypnosis for money. We are doing hypnosis for relationships, for exercise, for health, whatever. With meditation, you are clearing which is why I say, if you do a guided meditation with a goal, it's not a meditation, it's hypnosis. Okay? Okay. Got it. Got it, everyone? Okay. <laughs> don't be afraid. It's great. It's amazing. It's one of the best kept secrets. And I don't know why people think it's so weird. Oh, yes, I do. Movies. <laughs> Movies TV. <laughs> really. And I remember really did a number on us. High school gym class, or not high school gym class, but in high school, we used to have like, hypnotists come and, you know, they would take like people from the audience and they would line them all up. Like a stage would, hypnosis Yeah, thing. like we're going to hypnotize you and they make them do all these wacky things. Yeah. And I was like, I never want to be that person. Like, I feel like that's what- 
that's a gift. Like yeah. exposure to hypnosis. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It is not that. It's the same process, but you could do stage meditation and probably do the same. You can call it anything you want and it will be the same thing. But all hypnosis is a heightened state of focus for you to achieve a goal and get your subconscious on the same page as your conscious. That is what hypnosis is. That is what I define it as. And what most people define it as. The the man, incidentally, that created the school, the institute that I went to, defined hypnotherapist and put it in the California code of business and ethics or whatever. So he, I got it from him, the heightened state of awareness and focus for you to achieve goals, period. What was I talking about? Relationships. (laughs) Hypnosis for money relationships. (laughs) Hypnosis for money relationships. Thank you very much. Ask the questions. What do I feel like? In the hypnosis with clients, what I do is I (laughs) have them come up with an image for money. We can all actually do this. It doesn't take a super deep state. And I think that's another myth with hypnosis. You have to get so deep that you like don't remember anything. That's not true. You can, all you have to do is be willing to go within and that's it. The deeper you go, the more work can be done. That's true, but it doesn't always have to be that way. So if you just picture a symbol or representation for money, just whatever comes to you, we'll just let it be that. Okay. So no judging, just let it be what it is. Let it show up. This is my symbol for money. Okay. And then you can just ask it, hey, how do I treat you? And see what money has to say. How do I treat you, money? And feel into how you're feeling in the presence of money as well. You might want to close your eyes and take some deep breaths. But I'm one of those people, I've been doing it so long that I can just do it. But I know that not everybody is that way. It's a practice of kind of trusting what comes to you. So you don't necessarily have to be in a trance or anything. So how do I treat you? And then you can ask, hey, money, how can I have more of you? And just see what money says. You can write this down too. Use it as a writing exercise. And then, hey, money. What do I need to know? What do you wish to tell me right now? And that's it. So in the hypnosis, we go way deeper and I actually have them like switch places and you get to feel into the energy of money and do all these things. And there's a lot more questions involved, but those are the basic ones. Uh, How you feel about it, what money knows about how you feel about it, how you treat money and how you can have more of it and what it wants you to know. Did you have anything come up for you? Oh my gosh. I love this one because I always talk about how we are in a relationship with money. Oh yeah. We're in an intimate relationship with money. And I always ask people like, if money was your, if money were a friend, how would would money be your friend if you treated it the way you treat it? Because so often we treat money so poorly and then we're like, why doesn't it come to us? And it's your... Like if you had a friend that you treated like that, they wouldn't be your friend. They would never want to be around you. If you talk badly about it, if you don't trust it, if you don't respect it, if you don't celebrate it. If you feel like it's too good for you, a lot of people feel like they have to chase it or anyway. Yeah. Yeah. If think about any sort of relationship you're in, how do you show up to make that relationship great? I always say people want to be around people who make them feel loved, celebrated, respected, supported. That's how yeah. money wants to feel. Money wants to feel that way too. I love that you gave that specific yeah. example because I think it's so pertinent and brings up such a good point. Why don't you how did money, about- how did money show up for you? 
as money. Like I'm very like money showed up as a bill. I'm very mine, like mine always okay. I always when I did this the first time, and this is really just an establishing hypnosis. This is one that we just want to know where we're at. So we it's not something you're gonna want to listen to every single day because once when you don't really need to do it again. But once you know the answers to these questions, you can begin to create practices around how I can improve my relationship with money based on the answers to these questions. So what did money say about how I treat it? Okay, how can I fix that? Usually it's gratitude, appreciation, honoring the money, thanking the money for showing up today and things like that. That's a really great way to improve your relationship in any anyways, no matter what money said always appreciate it and be grateful for what you have because that will breed more. But yeah, answering these questions. And every time I talk about this, I always picture money as like the, do you remember the Geico commercial with the stack of money with the eyeballs on the top? That's always what I picture. Always. It's just a stack of money with some eyeballs. And I, this is so funny. But one of the questions in the hypnosis when I ask people is, how does money view the world? Like, what does money know about how the world sees it. And for me in that hypnosis, when I did it, it was money was very sad because it felt like there were all these misconceptions and all these like crazy things that people were saying about money. And it just wanted to be there for everyone. Like I felt for money that it just wants to be helpful and it's getting trashed and <laughs> it's got the worst reputation and it just wants to help. And I just felt so bad for my little stack of Geico money that I wanted to like <laughs> I feel like I want, I just want to be so nice to it now. I did that about 10 years ago and I've never forgotten. And that's the thing with hypnosis is it's potent. The work that we do in state, because we're working with your subconscious, how many of you have woken up from a dream that felt so real that it sticks with you all day and you've never forgotten that dream? That is where we go in hypnosis. So the work that we do will stick with you in that way. And it will become, you may not think about it every day, but it's in your subconscious and it will stick with you and it will begin to create new pathways and new thought patterns that reflect where you're actually going, where you want to be going versus where you are as you are now. It's setting you up for the best version of yourself in a way that feels so effortless because we're going into the subconscious automatic processes, automatic part of you that you don't really even have to try anymore. You just have to be open that it's possible. And it is. Sorry, I keep going on tangents, but that's important. No, I love this so much. So I have a question. Can you, let's say someone's interested in doing hypnotherapy. Is it like a one and done? Does it take like multiple sessions? Does it depend? Can you just do one session and you're like set? Or is it like, no, we should do a few sessions? How does that work? The only thing that really take that I could ever say would be one session is like a smoking cessation. You don't really need a lot for that one or like a habit control. But think about how long these thought patterns took to form and how long you've been living with these thought patterns and how <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to compare it to anything but a lot of times I'll have clients come and say I've been in therapy for 5 years and we've accomplished more in 6 sessions than I've been able to do in 5 years and it's just something that I hear so often that I I bring it up because it is quick okay it's quick it's very quick but it ain't a miracle. It's just something that you already have this, I call it a superpower. You already have this superpower. You just need to know how to use it. And that's what I help you do. So it's like going to the gym. You could go once, you could, it would do something, but depending on your goals, it probably will take 
longer. I don't expect to get a six pack if I go do 25 crunches. I wish, but it's just not going to happen. You got to put the work in and you have to put a few, a, a little bit of your time in. But even still, I do six, nine, and 12 session packages. And those seem to be absolutely sufficient for, depending on what your goal is. If you have one goal, two goals, multiple goals, then we'll pick the package based on that. But yeah, I've never, I I do sometimes have clients like add-on sessions in the end because they just like it, but I've never had someone say, this is too many sessions. (laughs) No, I wanted to ask because I honestly wasn't even sure myself, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't know. Is this like one, and I'm sure other people wondering, do I just come in once and then I'm set? I can or is say, this like, I think it was a great analogy that you gave. Yeah. Me. I can say that like 99% of clients will start to see significant shifts in the direction of their goals by six sessions. I say six sessions is the minimum that I will do because we have to, we have to teach your subconscious that work is happening. Mm-hmm. You could do, you could I'm sure people do, have done meditations before, but you know the benefit of doing it over time. So that's really all we're doing is we're training your brain. Mm-hmm. And smoking cessation, we could do that in one, maybe two. <laughs> but everything else has taken a long time to form and a long time to deal with. So it's going to take a little bit of time to get over. The sessions are all great. So I don't know why I'm talking about it like it's a chore because it's one of the coolest <laughs> things you're ever going to do. But yeah, so but six, nine and 12 are usually really uh, good numbers depending on your goal to be able to shift that whatever's going on. No, I love this. And I want you guys to think about we can think about it in a science, in a scientific way as like neural pathways. The more that those pathways fire, the stronger that neural pathway becomes. And so in order, if you have something that's been firing for years and years and years and decades, potentially, like it's going to take some work to get that to turn off and to establish a new neural pathway that starts to fire. So you could think about it in terms of just strength of the connections you have to these beliefs. And it takes time, right? Like it takes time to to do any of this. But not as long as taking the time to do it just through your conscious. I have a metaphor that I always use, which is if you just try to do it with willpower, you could, right? We could do anything. We're very powerful people, humans. But it's like, chopping down a tree vertically. If you just work with that five to 10%, it's so much harder with Mm -hmm. hypnotherapy using your subconscious. It's like we do it horizontally. We add the trunk. It's still going to take more than one swing of the ax, but oh my gosh, you're saving so much time. It's like a, it's like a mind hack. Just Mm -hmm. knowing that you can go through the subconscious. It takes so much faster. It's going to take more than one (laughs) swing probably. (laughs) Yeah. And most people are trying to change consciously. Like the large majority of people, because that's what we're taught. We're taught like change your actions. You yep. want something new, do something different. But that's Which really like the, the but... outermost level. Like you can do something different, but if you're working with the 5%, so if that 5% doesn't match up with the 95%, eventually that do something different is going to come up against that block and yeah. it's you're going to stop. That's why so many people... Like, let's talk about fitness. We're coming up on the new year here. And that's why 70% of people who start uh, a journey or whatever in January quit by February. It's because you're just trying to change your actions 
without looking at what are the underlying beliefs that led to those actions to begin with. Basically, hypnotherapy just targets the underlying belief so that the underlying belief, you instill a new belief that leads to a new action that actually <laughs> sticks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like an exponential domino effect. With I do want to leave people with one thing, if I may. You don't need a hypnotherapist. Ah, I would love to work with you. But let me be clear. You can start this on your own and see how far you get. You may not ever need a hypnotherapist. Once you have certain knowledge, you may just be fine. And the best way to start is think about how you're talking. How are you thinking? What are your thoughts? What are your words? That is a direct line to your subconscious. Your handwriting, what you journal, is a direct line to your subconscious. You are always in communication with your subconscious. You just didn't know it until maybe right now. Maybe you did know it. But pay attention to your thoughts. The best way that I tell my clients to do this in the very first session is over the next week between sessions one and two, think about how you're talking to yourself, how you're thinking about yourself. Now that I've said it out loud, you will be more aware of it. It's just how it is. It's don't think about an elephant. Don't look at a red <laughs> car on the road. Now that I've said it out loud, you're going to notice how you talk to yourself, how you think about yourself. And when you come up against something that doesn't feel good, I'm not even going to give an example. We all know an example. <laughs> Just, I can't even pretend because I'm so like, I know how important it is, but we all can think of an example. How did that make you feel? Ugh, that was gross. I didn't like that. That felt disgusting and probably not going to get me where I want to go. Okay. You can ask one of two things or both. I either ask, what would I like to believe instead? And write it down or think it out loud, think it or say it out loud. Or you can say, what is a better feeling thought? Both of those will have an answer. Both of those. So pick one that feels best for you and answer it. And, and I give them actually a worksheet. Write down the crap thought, the outdated, stale, stagnant, disgusting, moldy thought <laughs> that does not work and is not working. And what is the bright, shiny, sparkly new thought that we want to replace it with? What would I like to believe? What would I like to believe about this? And you'll always, you generally always have an answer. And if you don't have an answer, just message me on Instagram and I can, I definitely can help you come up <laughs> with a better way to say whatever it is. I'm really good at that. Same with affirmations. If you feel like you can't say affirmations, say I am becoming instead of I am. Affirmations work. You are talking to your subconscious. The problem is you're talking to your subconscious in a language it does not understand. So it's not getting anywhere. If you want to talk to it in a way that it does understand, say it in a way that feels better. I am a millionaire or each and every day I am open to more avenues of abundance coming to me. Which one of those feels better, right? Yes. You're not a liar. You're just speaking a different language. So just find the language and you're good. Oh, I love this so much. I love this so much. Okay, so I know you have something for the listeners of the show that you wanted to offer. So why don't you tell everybody? I think, it is, a, is it a week inside my membership? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have a couple of freebies, but I think this one definitely gives more than just like an audio. So I wanted to give a week inside my membership, which is basically a library of all of my digital stuff. So all of my hypnosis audios, I have bonus content in there. I have EFT sessions. Do you guys, do you talk about EFT? Oh my God. Uh, yes. I am an EFT practitioner also. Yes. So EFT. I, yes. EFT for the win. We have EFT sessions. We have card pulls. If you're into Oracle and tarot cards, we have, I have so many tutorials and little mini courses for you. I have an affirmation course, incidentally, 
which includes a bunch of affirmations for money. <laughs> it's just a, it's a smorgasbord of really cool stuff with just all about your mindset and subconscious stuff and shifting it and feeling better and you live in your best life. So you can find that. I think you're going to put the link in there, but it's I just, will put, yes, the yeah, link everybody will be in the show notes. <laughs> Yay. The link will be in the show notes. Kelsey's information, or not Kelsey. I keep calling you Kelsey. Lindsay's That's information okay. where you can find her will be in the show notes. I have one final question for you. Yes. Can you hypnotize yourself? Yeah, I could. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are you ever, oh, I have this limiting belief and I'm just going to hypnotize myself. Here's the dealio. I have this thing where I... I need a hypnotherapist to say exactly what I want them to say. I want to write a script and just have someone read it to me. I could just listen to one of my own audios, but the problem is like it's me. <laughs> I cannot listen to myself, which is so weird because I'm listening to myself right now and it's fine. But like the second I try to like coach myself with my own voice in hypnosis, it's just, it gets super weird. And I know that there are people that can do it and it's so powerful. Don't get me wrong. No one is more important in your own life. No voice has more impact than your own voice. If you can make a tape of yourself, I said tape. If you can record your own voice, <laughs> I can't believe I said that. If you can record your own voice and actually do it, you are doing very potent work. And I'm still working on getting over the cringe of hearing myself <laughs> give myself a hypnosis. But yeah, I definitely can and do sit and talk to myself in trance. It's just not via audio. I wish it could be because I got some good audios. I really wish it could be. But what about your it. voice makes you cringe? Do you not like how you sound? Or I'm you just know, curious. I just think it's a thing. If I if you listen to your own voicemail or if you watch a video of yourself with your own voice, does it not weird you out? It just sounds different than I think it sounds when you're actually talking. Like when yeah, I listen back to my not so much on podcasting actually but I used to feel like I sounded very young, like Me my voice too. was yeah. higher and it it just sounded very like immature almost. And yeah. I was like, that's so weird because I don't feel like I sound like that. And I think it's gotten better as I've gotten older, but yeah, I don't feel like any of us think we sound the same when we're talking as and it, versus and when that's, we hear that's ourselves. Really yeah, I don't think it sounds bad. I think I do sound younger. I just can't, I can't do it. I don't know why it's so weird. But I wish I could. I have, and I'm not just saying this. I am so proud of my audios. They are so good that I really wish I could just forget that it's me for a second. <laughs> but no, I do some self-hypnosis. Like I just sit with some nice music and I just give myself the thoughts of what I want to believe and reinforce those things. And I have a really good hypnotherapist that is fantastic. She's so inspiring to me. So it's, it works out, but yeah, anyone can hypnotize themselves, self-meditation, self-hypnosis, definitely something you can do. The work is definitely deeper. If you have somebody there with you, it's like self-hypnosis is like being the driver and the passenger. You have to do both, but if you're working with someone, you can just let go and be the passenger and enjoy the scenery and get all the benefits without having to direct where you're going. So that's, I prefer it's called hetero hypnosis. I prefer hetero hypnosis versus self hypnosis. Yeah, it's definitely a thing that works. Very cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been such an awesome conversation. We had some tangents, we had some commonalities, we talked about a lot of really good stuff. And you guys definitely go give 
Lindsay, a follow, check out the membership. If you're interested in hypnotherapy sessions, reach out to her, just go get in her world because she's, it's fun here. (laughs) It's fun over here. (laughs) Okay, guys, we will leave you with that. And I will talk to you at our next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, had a breakthrough or an aha moment, be sure to share it with me through a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are what help the podcast reach more women who want to create more success and wealth with more ease. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me at Lauren underscore Francois for more tips, wisdom, and behind the scenes content. And don't forget to check out the show notes for any links referenced and the current ways we can work together. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect in our next episode.